It's 6 p.m. and you're tuned to your community radio station, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Monday, March 21st. I'm Kelly Reese, and this is your KVMR Evening News. Tonight on the California Report, the state is getting nervous. There's growing concern over the shortage of firefighters as peak fire season approaches. In national native news, Manitoba's top First Nations leader faces sexual assault allegations and a new PBS documentary focusing on the epidemic of missing and murdered Indigenous women premieres tonight. We'll look at local news and weather before Sierra Gold Parks Foundation board member Sid Brown takes us for our bi-weekly A Walk in the Park. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. California is lifting its requirement for either proof of vaccination or a recent negative COVID-19 test at larger indoor events of more than a thousand people. Starting April 1st, that requirement will turn into a strong recommendation for things like concerts, athletic competitions, and conventions. Event operators are still being urged to screen guests. Starting this Wednesday, students in the state's largest school district should have the option of not wearing masks while indoors. LA Unified School District officials have reached a tentative agreement with United Teachers Los Angeles on the new policy after the union dropped its requirement that a certain percentage of students and staff be vaccinated against COVID-19. The plan is expected to be approved by teachers today. The district will continue weekly testing of students and staff for COVID-19 through the remainder of the school year. Although both sides have agreed to reevaluate the testing plan next month, a handful of school districts across the state have kept indoor mask rules in place, including Oakland and Sacramento City Unified. Staying with schools in Sacramento, the Sacramento City Teachers Association plans to meet with school district officials today as the two sides try to avoid a strike. The union representing teachers has set a strike date for this Wednesday. They argue that the biggest issue right now is staffing. Shortages during the pandemic have left thousands of students without a regular teacher in their classroom every day. David Fisher is president of the Sacramento City Teachers Association. He spoke to KCRA-TV in Sacramento. We talk all the time about um, our district doesn't have a budget problem, it has a priority problem. They're giving the superintendent repeated lucrative raises while claiming they don't have the money to pay teachers. There are also about 600 students on the wait list for independent study and at least 14 teaching vacancies for the program. Fisher says a strike is a last resort, but it's necessary for the students and what he calls a crisis going on in schools. Speaking at a recent emergency meeting, Sacramento School Board President Christina Pritchett said she's hoping the sides can reach some agreement at the bargaining table. I want to emphasize our concern and compassion for the students in our district who lose valuable time in the classroom if a strike takes place. Our families will suffer from uncertainty and lack of stability in the event that our schools are forced to close due to strikes. Along with pay and benefits, teachers in the district are also at odds over COVID-19 related issues. Sacramento City Unified serves more than 40,000 students on 75 campuses. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford HealthCare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. The Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, 
whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement. Native American tribes in California may be able to buy back their ancestral lands if a new budget proposal by Governor Gavin Newsom is approved by the state legislature. On Friday, Newsom proposed providing as much as $100 million to tribes to help them buy and preserve land. This is partly a response to climate change and Newsom's goal of preserving one-third of California's land and coastal waters by the year 2030. Dr. Lenada Warjack is a longtime Native American activist with the Shoshone Bannock tribe. She says if ancestral land is returned, there will definitely be healing not only of the people but of the land itself because of the the harm and the damage, the pollution and everything that has happened to the land. But one potential problem, say Native American leaders, is different tribes having competing claims to the same parcels of land. As the state heads into what could be another dangerous wildfire season, there's a big problem, a shortage of firefighters to battle the blazes. The San Francisco Chronicle reports that the number of U.S. Forest Service firefighters has declined by 20% in the state since 2019. Isaac Sanchez with Cal Fire, the state's firefighting agency, says he's also worried about a shortage of firefighter paramedics in California. Sanchez says strained staffing takes a physical and mental toll on firefighters. Some places run 14, 15, 16 calls a day. It can certainly, um, you know, grind on people. But in the context of, of these large destructive wildland fires, uh, that well-being thing is still a concern. Sanchez says fewer paramedics are coming out of training programs and low compensation and grueling working conditions make recruitment difficult. This weekend, Stanford basketball player Fran Belibi became the third woman ever to dunk in the NCAA tournament. The second person to do that is now WNBA star Brittany Griner, who is currently jailed in Russia after being accused of smuggling hashish oil into the country, something that could carry up to a 10-year prison sentence. As we hear from KQED's Sarah Hosseini, the 31-year-old player's detention was just extended until at least May. Greiner is a black lesbian woman, and she's being detained in a country where that identity could put her at risk of violating laws hostile to LGBTQ folks. So far, though, the Phoenix Mercury Center's detention has not gotten much attention. Those familiar with the issue say that might be a deliberate effort by her family and the U.S. government to minimize her usefulness as a political pawn. Imani Rupert Gordon is the executive director of the National Center for Lesbian Rights, based in San Francisco. She's careful not to comment on the specifics of Griner's case, but she says her case does force us to reflect on bigger picture issues, like why a top women's athlete like Griner has to spend her winters playing for Russian teams in the first place. If she made more during her season, she actually might not be over there right now. And so I think that's an interesting thing to think about. But also, I think it's really important to name that right now we are seeing don't say gay bills that would erase stories like this. Rupert Gordon says Florida's recent law and others like it render LGBTQ perspectives and people like Reiner invisible. And she says that hurts everyone. All these people whose histories aren't being shared in our schools, we all need to hear that. We may, it makes us all better. And it allows us to learn from the mistakes that have been made in the past and not to recreate them. 
Very little is known about Greiner's current circumstances. On Thursday, a Moscow-area court told Russia's state news agency that Greiner will remain in custody for at least another two months. For The California Report, I'm Sarah Hosseini. And that is The California Report for Monday, March 21st. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Up ahead in National Native News, a new PBS documentary focusing on the missing and murdered relatives of three Native women premieres tonight. Bring Her Home follows an artist and activist and a politician as they fight for victims of a growing epidemic. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The top First Nations leader in Manitoba, Canada, is facing allegations of sexual assault. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, he's now off the job pending an investigation. It's not the first time that Arlen Dumas has faced this kind of allegation. Dumas is the Grand Chief of the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs. The allegation of harassment and sexual assault against him was made by a senior staff member who wrote to the AMC's Executive Council. The member says this letter also serves to bring immediate attention to breaches of code of conduct of the AMC Constitution based on my personal experiences of harassment, sexual harassment, and sexualized violence by Grand Chief Arlen Dumas. The staff member then says the harassment from Dumas began on the second day of employment by phone, in person, and virtually. Advocate Hilda Anderson Pierce is the chair of the National Family and Survivor Circle. She says the incident has prompted her to reach out to any other victims of this kind of violence. The experience of violence and the trauma and the fear of publicly disclosing your experience, you know, it's, it's, very, it's a very difficult journey to be on. The Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs will appoint an acting Grand Chief today and will also review existing workplace harassment policies. For National Native News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk. Leaders of Native organizations and tribes across the country are reflecting on the work of U.S. Representative Don Young. Alaska's only congressman, a Republican, died Friday at age 88. In a statement, the Alaska Federation of Natives said achievements he championed on behalf of Alaska Natives will not be forgotten. AFN President Julie Kitt has said, We did not always agree. However, he was always willing to listen, and if he could help, he would. In a recent hearing on tribal co-management of federal lands in the House Natural Resources Committee, Young advocated for Alaska tribes, saying Alaska Natives should be partners in managing parks. Parks and partners. That's what I want. Parks and partners together. And you'll find out your job is going to be a whole lot easier if you have partners. And the partners should be those that aboriginally lived there prior to the creation of the parks. And let them have the the opportunity for jobs and opportunity to present their point of view. The National Congress of American Indians in a statement said Representative Young worked with Alaska Native and American Indian leaders to help protect lands, people, natural resources, subsistence rights and tribal economies. NCAI Alaska Region Vice President Mike Williams said Congressman Young helped achieve a great deal of success for American Indians and Alaska Natives putting aside any difference for the betterment of our people. Young, who was elected to Congress in 1973, died while traveling home to Alaska. His office is expected to release more details and plans for a celebration of his life. A documentary telling the stories of three Native women involving missing and murdered relatives premieres Monday night on Twin Cities PBS. Her body was found wrapped in trash bags in the Red River. 
she was kidnapped and raped, that she was meant to be trafficked. My people have gone missing since European settlers sent land here on Turtle Island. Bring Her Home tells the story of Indigenous women advocates. An activist, an artist, and a politician see killing and hope as they draw attention to the issue of missing and murdered Indigenous people. The film is directed and produced by Leah Hale, Sisseton Wapaton, Dakota, and Dene. She hopes the film will drive public awareness and serve as a catalyst for conversation, cultural reclamation, and change. The film is also available for online streaming. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Support by the Albuquerque Hispano Chamber of Commerce's Convention and Tourism Department, providing complete convention and visitor planning services to Hispanic and Native American conventions. Information on convention and tourism services at ahcnm.org. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. Now let's take a look at today's regional news. Nevada County Public Health reports 12 new confirmed COVID-19 cases today. Two people are hospitalized, none are in the ICU. FireSafe Council of Nevada County reports their equipment shop on East Main Street in Grass Valley was broken into over the weekend. FireSafe's entire inventory of chainsaws was taken. The 14 stolen chainsaws range in bar size from 16 to 30 inches. A police report has been filed. Motorists traveling on Highway 50 between Sacramento and South Lake Tahoe will encounter delays Tuesday, March 22nd through Friday, March 25th. Caltrans says traffic controls and detours will be in place during rock scaling and slope stabilization work around Echo Summit. Cars will be detoured via Johnson Pass Road, where delays of up to 30 minutes are expected. Delays of 30 to 45 minutes are expected over Echo Summit. Detours will be in effect Tuesday through Thursday from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., Friday from 7 a.m. to noon. Rock scaling work began in early March, after a large boulder fell onto Highway 50, blocking traffic in both directions. Cal Fire and the Placer County Fire Department will perform prescribed burns in Colfax on Tuesday and Wednesday. The burns cover roughly 17 acres. Smoke from the prepared burns will be seen in various places within city limits and the surrounding area, including Grandview and Iowa Hill. Burning will take place between 9.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. Anne Nolan, the director of the graduate program of hydraulic sciences at University of Reno, says snowpack is melting at much higher rates in places touched by the fires from previous years. She's been studying the impact of forest fires on snowpack since 2011. According to Nolan, the black carbon from burnt trees absorbs double or triple the amount of solar radiation than trees unaffected by fires. Once the snow melts and uncovers the dark debris below, the entire landscape begins to absorb the energy, which in turn creates a much drier environment. Quote, so you end up having this kind of vicious cycle of snow melting earlier, more energy being absorbed, the surface of the land warming up more, 
That patch of snow will melt off weeks earlier than it would otherwise, Nolan says. Kelly Gleason, one of Nolan's former students, says data they've collected found that black carbon can cause these adverse effects on the snowpack for up to 15 years. This reported in the Union of Grass Valley. Friday, March 25th, Madeline Helling, Grass Valley, and Truckee Libraries will hold an in-person viewing party to celebrate the Nevada County Reads program at 6.30 p.m. This year's read is Circe by Madeline Miller. Those at Madeline Helling will participate in a live Q&A with the author. All other sites will stream the Q&A live. Now let's take a look at our regional weather. The National Weather Service forecasts a significant warming pattern this week, with high temperatures 10 to 25 degrees above normal, peaking Tuesday through Thursday. For those in Grass Valley and Nevada City, tonight mostly clear with a low around 51. Tuesday, sunny with a high near 82. In Truckee and Lake Tahoe, tonight mostly clear with a low around 30. Tuesday, sunny with a high near 59. And in Sacramento and Woodland, tonight mostly clear with a low around 55, gusts as high as 18 miles per hour. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 86. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. Coming up, Sid Brown from the Sierra Gold Parks Foundation is here to take us on our bi-weekly A Walk in the Park. Stay tuned for the latest on Western Nevada County's three state parks. Well, guess what? First day of spring. It's a Nevada County roller coaster. We get rain, snow, sun, wind. It's all of the above in the springtime, but when you hear my voice, we'll be definitely in spring. And boy, What a rich and beautiful season it is here in Nevada County. Well, with the warmer weather, we get a lot more visitation to the river. Just this last week, I went down North Bloomfield Road, cross Edwards Crossing to Malakoff Diggins. And in the early morning, which wasn't all that early, maybe around 9.30, I didn't see a single car parked there. So uh, daylight saving time, we had plenty of bright sunshine, and it's possible to go to the river not in the prime middle hot hours of the day and have a beautiful, quiet experience. Water's still pretty cold. We don't recommend um, having um, going in, but it's a beautiful, wonderful experience to connect with the river at any of the crossings on South Yuba River State Park, down at Bridgeport. Buttermilk Bend Trail is rich with wildflowers, and I'm happy to say our wildflower walks are back up and running. So Saturdays and Sundays at 10 o'clock from now through May 8th, we have volunteers leading wildfire walks on the Buttermilk Bend Trail. It's about a two and a half mile walk out and back, mostly on a fairly level path. We recommend hikers bring water, sunscreen, good shoes, and the weather can be variable. As we said, anything from rain to very hot weather. So join in the North Parking Lot. We have another special event happening at South Yuba River State Park. Our geology walks are scheduled, and they are limited to pre-registrants, and I think the space is limited to 12 or 15 people. You can register by sending an email to s 
as in Sam, Yuba River Geology at gmail.com. And our first geology walk is Saturday, March 26th, 1 o'clock. Heavy rain will cancel that walk, but it's a really fascinating experience. It's about two to two and a half hours, again, along Buttermilk Bend Trail, where the geology is discussed and the natural history of the park at selected spots. And these are led by very knowledgeable geology professionals. And we have another special event coming up at Empire Mine, Poetry in Parks, Saturday, April 2nd, from 1.30 to 3.00. And this is a um, special event hosted by Nevada County's Poet Laureate, Kirsten Casey, and with the support of not only California State Parks and the Sierra Gold Parks Foundation, but California Poets in the Schools. Nevada County Community Library and the Nevada County Arts Council are all supporting this very special event. And actually, April is Arts Month, and so there will be a number of activities at our state parks throughout the month. Let's see, there's a few new things or special things I'd like to point out, and that is we have and are getting call boxes at each of the river crossings. That's at Bridgeport, at 49 Crossing, at Purden, and at Edwards Crossing. And I'd like to point out that these call boxes are are funded with government grants and support, and they are to serve in the event of an emergency. And these call boxes save lives. So as most people know, there's very limited, if any, cell coverage at the river crossings. And unfortunately, I have to report that some of the call boxes in the past have experienced some vandalism. And I just plead for everybody in the sound of my voice to recognize that. If you see somebody up to no good, please notify somebody of authority. We don't want you to be putting yourself in harm's way. But these these call boxes are essential for emergency response. Please don't mess with them. Don't tinker with them. We need them to be functional when when emergencies arise. And, and they actively do save lives. That's it for now. Remember, when you go out in nature, please leave no trace and enjoy it and make it nice for the next time people can come. That's our newscast for this Monday, March 21st. You can listen to an extended version of A Walk in the Park on our webpage, kvmr.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sid Brown sits on the board of the Sierra Gold Parks Foundation and joins us every other week with news and updates from Nevada County's three state parks. Learn more at sierragoldparksfoundation.org. KVMR gets support from Dr. Allison McCormick and Auburn Dermatology Center, offering an expanded practice and a remodeled facility. Openings available to new and existing patients on Professional Drive off Bell Road in Auburn. More information at auburnderm.com. Keep it tuned to your community radio station. At 6.30, we have the Women's International News Gathering Service, WINGS. On today's program, a look at the right to food and food production. 
Ramifications of the Green Revolution in India. Then at 7, we have Democracy Now! with host Amy Goodman. The KVMR Evening News is produced by KVMR News Director Claudio Mendoza. Thanks for listening to the news this evening. I'm Kelly Reese, signing off. Happy World Poetry Day.